Welcome to the Film Sessions podcast. My name is Sarah, she, her, and today we are excited to feature Tweety Mason, she, her. So um, you described filmmaking as an almost emotional experience. Can you describe what that, can you elaborate on what that means for you? Yeah, so for me, filmmaking, like I can't, it's impossible for me to film and not have any type of emotion while I'm doing it even if it's like stress anxiety or if I'm feeling like excitement um happiness you know a variety of things I'm gonna have some type of emotion and then when I go into the editing process that same emotion fuels me on on how I'm gonna edit the film because usually it is me who's editing my films so it just the emotion carries throughout do you prefer to edit your films or or would you would you, do you would you rather have somebody else do it? Um, I don't know an editor yet that I feel comfortable with editing my fi- editing my films like that they can recapture what I have in my head because I mean this is technically like self-diagnosed <laughs> but I feel like I have maladaptive daydreaming uh, so like my films like play out in my head. So, like, if I can't see a shoot before we shoot it, then I'm like, I can't film it. I You have to wait until I can see it. So when I'm editing, it's the same thing. I'm seeing it, uh, like, as a daydream. And I don't know if someone else could replicate it <laughs> at this point. So it's still me just editing my films. And can you, like, elaborate on what the maladaptive daydreaming is? Because I don't think I'm too familiar with it. So it's daydreams, but they're daydreams like they are very powerful. So they they come they come so powerful that it can cause you to have emotions. So like I can cry from something I'm daydreaming about and I have to be like, remember, this is just a daydream. This is not happening. So it becomes almost like a form of reality for you until you snap out of it. So as much as sometimes it could be dangerous, like if I'm out and just not paying attention to my surroundings or something like that, it's really helpful when it comes to filmmaking because a lot of my daydreams are what fuels whatever I'm filming. So yeah, that's what it is. So you actually entered my um, next question, which was going to be like, do do you, would you say that your films are kind of based on these daydreams? Um but yeah, you, I guess you can like elaborate on that more if there's anything else. Yeah, yeah, they are definitely based on them because uh, sometimes, a lot of times, my daydreams are too elaborate to exactly replicate. Uh, so sometimes, if I'm not replicating like the subject matter, I'm trying to replicate the emotion that was captured from the daydream into the film. Hmm. And I know that obviously everybody kind of feels emotion differently. So I guess how do you ensure that like everybody is kind of feeling the same way you are with your films? See, that is the biggest risk, honestly, because I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's the, it's, it's the scary part because I'm trying my best through, you know, the story, through the people who are in it that people are receiving the same story. So that's the only thing that I really try to guarantee. I know I can't guarantee their emotions, but I at least want them to know that they absorb the same story as everybody else. That's really 
my only goal because I know I can watch the same thing as like my friends or my family and we're all going to have different opinions on how we feel at the end but do we know what actually happened so I just want to make sure people know what happened Mm -hmm. I think that's um like the best way to answer my question um just because when I after I asked it I was like oh my god do I I don't even know the answer to that (laughs) um but yeah no that's that's very well put like uh you you can give somebody everything that you want but even sometimes they don't necessarily understand it and i think that's kind of the same way with like experimental film you know Absolutely. what i mean where like i can find experimental film like very I, like i wouldn't get it you know what i mean and then somebody else would be like oh my gosh like i just had this complete like experience with it um but anyway i just don't mean to get sidetracked um but tell us about your film like what is it about uh so my film's called revenge of the relaxer so it's like a play on horror stories because it's more horror stories of uh trying to get your hair done uh but it's a focus with black women trying to get their hair done because it's so many rules and challenges that we face to get our hair done that people really don't realize unless you're in our community so i feel like the best way for people to start exploring and start you know searching for their own answers or just digging into getting more information is to show the the most extremes of what can happen when we're just trying to do get a simple service because it's really it shouldn't be that hard (laughs) it shouldn't be that hard so um, I relay different people's experiences um, through in a documentary style. And some for some of the reenactments, I or for all the reenactments, I use Barbie dolls because we or a lot of girls I know, but I know for me especially, I grew up and the first person's or first thing's hair I played with was my dolls. I had a big doll where she had a lot of hair and it was you were supposed to do her hair and all this stuff. And my Barbie dolls, I cut off their hair, do whatever. So to me, whenever I think of Barbie dolls, part of that I think of is the hair experience and I was doing their hair. So I was like, okay, Barbie dolls would be perfect to be the reenactors of something that we grew up from when we were little to something that's still continuing even now. Yeah, I think I think that's great. And I know that um, I have a couple of friends actually, like we were having this conversation about hair and how it takes, um, it could take one hour, it could take five hours, it could take a long time, which I I think is, is as you were saying, like something that nobody really talks about and like is very eye-opening because like this, it's just completely different um, hair. But what, okay, so you were talking a little bit about uh, the actors and stuff like that for the recreations. Um, walk us a little bit more through the process of making your film. Did you find any difficult, unexpected difficulties with anything? So, the most unexpected difficulty I had was how I was going to capture just the naturalness of girls talking about their hair. So instead of hitting girls up on Instagram or Twitter or any type of social media, I just went to like my school campus 
and I posted up with the camera. And if a girl was walking by, I was like, hey, can I ask you a couple questions just to get that that realness, the authenticity of talking, having a conversation, you know. So in the moment, those were all girls. I did not know any of them. Um, none of, no one who was telling their story with the Barbies reenacting it, I didn't know any of them. They weren't any of my friends to be like, so it would be an easier conversation. I had to make them comfortable in that moment. And they're just in passing. So I only have five, 10 minutes with them to make them comfortable enough to open up and tell something. I mean, for some girls, hair is very sacred. Hair is very like, you know, close and personal to them. So I only had a few minutes to get them comfortable enough with me that they're going to tell me this story and then also do it in front of the camera. So that's probably the most difficult part. But honestly, I, I know a lot of people probably think the Barbies were, <laughs> but uh, playing with Barbies comes really natural to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. And it's a per- perfect time to talk about Barbie, too, because, like, the movie's coming out. Um, so what did you, as you were interviewing these people who, like, you said you only, you only saw for a couple minutes, like, what did you, like, how did you learn to quickly become comfortable with somebody to that level? Well, that's a good question. Well, to get them comfortable, I really had to separate them from the people who were passing by because I I was catching people during busy periods. It was probably like noontime. So everybody's out just walking around. So I had to get them into the mindset of like, okay, it's just, it's just me and you. I know I have my DP here. I have my producer here, but it's it's just me and you (laughs) right now. And we're having a conversation that we could have, that we, we could have anywhere, you know, and we're talking about something I can directly relate to this. So a lot of times I might start off with my own bad hair story. And a lot of times they would were telling me their stories and I'm making sure I react. But a lot of them, it was hard for me not to react. There's some stuff I had never heard of before, certain rules, certain things that um, they weren't allowed to do or forced to do. And so a lot of it, it was just acting like they were already my friend <laughs> to, to talk to them and get them comfortable with me. Yeah, I I would agree. Like, I, I'm tr- I was trying to figure out how to word that, but I would totally agree with you. And even like we're doing right now, you, when I've learned, like when you interview people, it's kind of, it's literally just a conversation with somebody yeah. because I, it's not, it, it's also just impersonal. If you're just like, if, if I was literally just like reading off a script, like asking you questions, like how do you also, how do you not respond? Like <laughs> you have to get, to get, to get somebody comfortable, you have to like respond to the person or else that's like. There's no point, you know? Right. It, it, it really is a conversation at the end of the day. And you just hope you can get the best out of it in the few moments that you have. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And is there, um, where can we find this film? Uh, so right now it is on YouTube, but I do think I have it unlisted. So <laughs> you need the link for it. Um but I'm thinking about having it premiere on uh, YouTube soon. Right now, it's still in the festival circuit. Uh, so once I finish up my next documentary and officially close the chapter on 
Revenge of the Relaxer, at least in in festivals, then I want to premiere it on YouTube for everyone to see. Nice. Well, I cannot wait for that. Um, do you have any social media? I do. Yes, my Instagram. Uh, it is Tweety Period Vision. Uh, that is my film Instagram, uh, where I post like any photography, videography, any type of work that I do that's creative based. I post on there, and then my personal is Tweety Bird with two R's. Yeah, A very creative name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, well, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, and I loved hearing about your creativity and everything like that. So. Thank you for coming on and I hope you have a good day. Great. Thank you for having me.